This is MFG Cast. Kurt here. Um, I'm solo Mio again tonight. Mike is visiting Scoville for the night, so looks like I'm by, I'm leading the reins tonight, but I'm not by myself. We not only have one great interview this month, but we have two, and we have two great guests on the program, um, and they're both from Modest Games, Elliot Kohlberg and Joseph Limbaugh. Thanks for coming on the show, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's totally cool. Thanks, Kurt. Yeah, Did you nope. say your, your son was at Schoolville? No. Mike... My co-host is in Scoville. Oh, that's completely different. Okay, yeah, he's, he's, testing, the, he's testing the hotness of chili peppers. I just thought it was, it'd be funny that you, if you're like, Mom, my son goes to Schoolville. Like, I don't know. Yes, because we live in the world of where's Waldo, and everything is very bland and <laughs> easy to say. Well, we cleared that up. We're making yeah. progress. Yeah, exactly. My son should be sleeping right now, so if he's anywhere else but there, then I'm worried. Then I'm worried. Fair point. I hope he's dreaming about Schoolville. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. It's a wondrous land. <laughs> um, I thought I would get you guys on the podcast to talk about uh, Modest Games. First, when we usually have people on the program, we like to kind of uh, ask them about their game career, starting from when they are a little kid and then coming to now. So I just uh-huh. wanted to know what your guys' background was with games. Joseph, why don't you start? Uh, well, I mean, I started playing games when I was very young, uh, as many, I think, people did. Like, I grew up in the 80s, and so uh, my brother, my older brother, started playing Dungeons and & Dragons and role-playing games and, and board games with friends, like, you know, like uh, the, the old, like, SSI games and, uh, and yeah, Dungeons and & Dragons and that sort of thing. And there was, like, a, there was a local club called the uh, Western Oregon uh, Wargamers, and there was a lot of grognards there, uh, older game guys, and so we would go there and play. We just thought they were the coolest, you know? It's like all these guys that just played games when we were just playing games all the time, and that was super fun. Uh, but yeah, I've always just been really interested in games, like all sorts of, of games, video games, and I don't know. I just like I like little mini systems, I guess. Um, how long do you want this answer to be? <laughs> <laughs> as long as you like it to be. You know, if you want to go on for another 15 minutes, you go right ahead. It makes my job easier. Or if you want to do it for another, another two minutes, you go right ahead. We okay, Just to let you know. Brazilian can go, me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, just to let you know, we have we have interviewed Rich Summer, and we and he tends to go on for quite a bit, so we're kind of used to it. Well, I, I know Rich actually, and I, I find him to be delightful, even oh, if he speaks a long time. Just a wonderful human being. Yes, but basically, yeah, that's. I think you know, I've been playing games my whole life uh, throughout high school and college, and then afterwards. But you know. <laughs> Uh, mostly role-playing games, but I've always enjoyed making things and designing things and, and, I don't know, putting people through some sort of entertaining experience. Like, that's always been more interesting to me. Like, I like playing, but, like, designing something and then having other people kind of go through that. Like, when I was in uh, grade school, uh, I remember, like, when I first started grade school, 
there was like on Halloween, there was a haunted house every year that the, the eighth grade kids would put together. And by the time I got to eighth grade, like that, that uh, tradition had ended. And I was like, I want to, I want to make the haunted house. I've been waiting eight years for this. I, you know, so they let me do that. And, uh, like, uh, apparently it was too scary. Like some of the younger kids would not go through it. So <laughs> I, I, I call that a certain type of success. <laughs> <laughs> Well, have you put that together today in like a game or anything like that? You take your take your your childhood dream and put that into something that you, that everyone else can enjoy too. Well, I do like I do like horror games, mm. um, and uh, you know I'm a I'm a huge fan of H.P. Um, Lovecraft and um, Call of Cthulhu. We we played for a long time, and I made a like a mini board game uh, a postcard called called Postcard Cthulhu, mm-hmm. which is basically you know just a save the world but on a postcard with some coins yeah so. yep, perfect yeah and i and i you know i had read when you guys put on your blog that uh postcards empire and cthulhu were both on game box monthly that's that's got to be pretty thrilling it's fun it's great it was really cool actually i didn't i hadn't heard about that Is, I, I, yeah did you mention that I'm, yeah. did i forget or <laughs> yeah <laughs> yay, yay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, remember the money and the Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's been a very busy past couple months. So. <laughs> no, I now hear it. things blend together. I know it's true. <laughs> All right, what it's about good. you, Elliot? Hopefully, fruits and ice cream. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a good combination. It's a great blending. blending. All right, what about you, Elliot? Uh, yeah. So, so for me, Joseph and I are about the same age, so we have similar sort of cultural references. But for me, um, I, you know, I played D&D, I played Gamma World in, uh, in um, elementary school and junior high school. I didn't have any grognards around me, but we had, uh, my dad uh, has a library of board games, and uh, most of the standard ones, Scrabble and Monopoly and so forth. We also had Anti-Monopoly. Oh, what is that? It's a weird sort of political game. Do you uh, try to get rid of your money or something? Something like that. It's been a while since I've played, so I don't remember all the rules. And he also had something called Triopoly, which is if you like Monopoly, you can make it four times as long. Um, <laughs> that sounds like a different kind of torture I don't even want to know. It's, 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 good, it's, good. It's, it's a try to enjoy it, I think. Monopoly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that you should... I love Monopoly, though. So it's, it, uh, you know. And then, and then when they started coming out with the... With the like, after, after junior high school... Um, I didn't really play that many games, uh, except for you know New Year's Eve and that sort of thing. Um, we did have uh, some of the party games that were starting to come out, like uh, there's, um, I want to say Wise and Otherwise or Balderdash or one of those. And I kind of, you know, there was a certain anti-nerd pressure that was going on in the '80s, where you would not say that you did D and D, and if you wanted to fit in, you would maybe do something else. And I was uh, not so much. Uh, did you just call that anti-nerd pressure? <laughs> yeah, because that's it wasn't like I don't know. I, I, I grew, that was I, just that was just like how it was back then. Yeah. It's like nerds are stupid. Yeah, it was know? just it was just called being a nerd. Apparently, yeah. Others yeah. like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. like uh, nerds are cool. Like there's an agree, but no, there's but I'm, I'm I said the words I meant. Okay. There, was, there was a pressure to not be a nerd. Yeah, that's yeah, true. yeah, that's true. So um, so it was harder to, and I grew up here in Los Angeles. And so, you know, everybody was like smoking pot and trying to be cool and whatever. And I wasn't that good at that. But um, eventually, I always like to tell the story about how when I got into college, there was a girl I liked and I found out she was playing D&D. And so I got myself a chance to play D&D with her and her friends. And then she was a lesbian. So <laughs> that didn't work out as well as I thought it would. And so then I didn't really play that many games again for a while. And then when I met Joseph, um, we, uh, started, we played Arkham Horror. Which 
I was not, I hadn't really played any hobby games. I hadn't played Catan. I hadn't played any of the Euro games or anything like that. And so Arkham Horror being a cooperative game was a revelation for me. I'd never heard of that. And so it was really fun. It was deep. It had lots of art and lots of flavor text. And it just had a lot of things going on. It was kind of like a role-playing game, but you didn't have to do any homework. And all these things were, were pretty cool. And around that time also, I was regularly playing poker during the, the, like the poker resurgence. And I actually had come up with um, some poker games, which I inflicted on, on my home poker group from time to time. And so that kind of started me going as well. And then as we were playing these different games, uh, I ended up being inspired to create Uraset, which is now called Elios, uh, which we can talk about in a little bit. But that game was originally just going to be a six-handed version of Othello, because when I was a kid, I played Othello a lot, and I really loved that game. And I have a four-player version of that called Roll It, which I was super excited when I found that. Mm. And uh, there's a company that makes these blank dice that you can put uh, labels on, and they're inset blank dice. And I saw that, and I'm like, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll make six-handed Othello. And as I was doing that, it was kind of a lot of work <laughs> to actually set it all up. Mm -hmm. And that, that made me think, well, you know what? If I'm going to go to all this trouble and spend all this time, maybe I can put something on these labels that will be more interesting. And so that ended up... Uh, being the impetus behind creating um, behind creating her set, and just during that time and that process, I have kind of immersed myself in all these new games that I hadn't that I hadn't even realized existed, uh, and so I've kind of come up to speed on that sort of stuff pretty fast over the last I don't know six years, seven years. Yeah, there's it's yeah. I mean, it, it's because I've always been into board games, but then it's like I got distracted by other things for a while, and then it's like when I got back into them, it's like oh my gosh, it's like. It's like the universe of board games is now infinite, you know, because yeah. there's so many. Totally. And they're coming out with more, so it's, it's really awesome. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was just, you know, there's a, a lot of stuff now. Yeah, so, so that's, how I, that's how I got to where, to where we are now as far as designing games and so forth. Yay, global economy! <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so, you know, you guys got these ideas and you put them together. What, how did you come up with Modest Games? How did you come up with the name? How did you come up with you guys coming together, and also you have a third that's in with you guys, too? Yes, Ross, Ross, Ross. Hellwig. Okay, okay. He's our, he's our uh, game mechanic encyclopedia. Oh. Yeah, the cool thing about Ross is, like, you will say, you know, oh, I came with an idea for a game, and it does you, it works like this, and that I came up with, and he'll be like, oh, that's just like this game and that game and these other games. Like, he immediately knows, like, if your mechanic is at all similar to any other mechanic. Yeah. But also, it's just, I mean, his whole thing is like, well, look at those games and see how they did it, and it'll inspire what you're doing. Yeah. Like, he's, uh, I don't know. He he's he's obsessed with games and I don't know, has like a um, yeah an encyclopedic knowledge of them. So uh, he he reads rules just without stop. But um, to, to answer your other question, as far as the name modest games, um, we were trying to come up with something that was modest or whatever, and we were both uh, just when I were start out before we brought Ross in, uh, we were both surprised that it hadn't been taken. As a domain name, yeah, <laughs> modestgames.com. Because that's how you figure out the name of uh, any kind of a group is you look at the domain <laughs> name first. <laughs> and so, uh, so we found that, and, and Joseph and I have been talking about about the you know making games or whatever. Well, we kind of just started noodling around, and we're like, games are fun. We should make some games. So we had this like thing where we would just make a game every week, and that lasted for it lasted for like a week. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, hey, at, le at least you got the over under there. Because the thing was, like, the first game I made was Thieves. And I was kind of so, like, I, I really liked it. And so I just kind of kept working on that game and refining it. Yeah. And didn't really make a new game for a while. So, yeah. and then, yeah. And for me, in that challenge, I actually did probably create three, and I'm doing air quotes, you can't see them, <laughs> games. And um, 
they seem like they had promise, but you know, it is challenging to create a game that functions and you know, you you got to kind of figure out, well, does this work? Does that work? And some of those I will have to go back to eventually. But I, I, I also kept coming back to Ursat. I should I should say Elios because that's the name of it now. <laughs> because it needed refinement, it needed work, and it is sort of inspirational when you've got a game that you know works and but still needs more attention to go back to that, I think. Yeah, there's definitely a point in Thieves where I was like, hmm, I could do this, I could do that. And, and I liked the mechanic I had, but then I, I realized something after I playtested a few times. I was like, oh... I can make this game way better mm-hmm. and more fun to play. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've refined it more since then, but that was like the huge kind of leap forward. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't call myself a game maker per se for anything, but I like to dabble and, mm-hmm. uh, just making, I decided just to make some games for my son, just to, you know, do something silly and, so, and something fun. And it's kind of funny. You guys said that whole thing where it's like, okay, you try to do this game and then this game and this game, and you don't realize that, you have to put so much into one <laughs> game that yes. you can't just put that one off to the side. And, I, you know, you guys were talking about going back to other games. That's one of the hardest things to do. I mean, just think of yourself in other daily life. You're like, okay, I'm doing this, this, and this, and I'll get back to that. But you're never going to get back to that because you know you've got all these other things in the future or in the present that you've got. Yeah, very. it reminds me a lot of writing because so mm. much of writing is rewriting. You know, it's yeah. like if you, can, if you can at least write something you know, for aspiring writers out there, just write something that's bad, you know, <laughs> then you can rewrite it into something good, you know, but it's so much of it is that polish afterwards, so. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Getting back to Ilios, not Uraset, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that you guys actually got picked up by Playford Games and you guys are doing a Kickstarter, am I correct? That is correct. So we haven't scheduled a Kickstarter yet, Okay. Um, but hopefully that'll be in, uh, what will we call that? Is it fall? Is fall September to December? Is yeah, that, third quarter, is, fourth yeah, quarter, something like that. Okay. Yeah, so um, so that's that's sort of the target period, pretty much. And uh, Playford, their main product, which they have had released for, for a while now, is uh, called Moral Conflict, and there are a few different versions of that, which is mm-hmm. kind of like an advanced version of Risk. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a lot of different dimensions to it. And uh, Dave Stennett, who is the, the principal over there who also designed Moral Conflict, had had picked up cartography, mm-hmm. and I should know the name of the author, but I can't think of it because John, but I don't remember his last name on the top. Yeah. Um, but cartography is uh, is kind of an abstract game. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's got elements that are similar to Go, but you build the board as you go. Mm-hmm. And Dave saw that, and uh, he liked that game. He's got sort of a plan for for how Playford's going to expand. Playford's a relatively small company. Okay. And uh, so he had made the commitment to deal with cartography, which they're just finishing up now, and it should hopefully, within the next month or two, I'm, I would imagine that's going to be released. Mm-hmm. And so, so he had that game, and he wanted to build on that uh, branding that they're working on. So when he saw a set, he said, that's for me. Perfect. And so that, that's how that relationship came to be. We were at Strategicon here in Los Angeles uh, when, when he found our demo table there. And um, and so working with him and some of the the folks that he has Playford that uh, that do consulting and other things for them came up with the Greek theme and we came up with the name Ilios. And I've got a kind of an interesting thing. And Joseph, I may have sent something to you about this, but I don't know if you saw it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it turns out that so Ilios is going to be connected uh, loosely to the story of the Iliad. So that's Homer's epic poem um, from um, from the Trojan War. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's apparently a very famous motif that's on a number of different uh, pieces of pottery that shows Achilles and Ajax sitting between battles playing a game. 
Oh. Um, it's really neat and very classic, and it got me really like I was already interested in the Greek theme, but now I'm super excited to realize <laughs> that this is something that was actually important to to those people, the actual people theoretically, sure. during that time period. So uh, I just discovered that I'm going to be incorporating that into some of the thematic elements of the game. Um, but yeah, that was all inspired by by Dave and what Playfruit has brought to the table, and I'm really looking forward to when we get that Kickstarter going. That's perfect. Uh, well, yeah, that's neat. Yeah, that's perfect. Well, for the people that don't know what Ilios is all about, can you just give us a brief description of it? Sure. So the the shortest way to put it is it's kind of a cross between Othello and Go. Uh, And the reason why I say that is because um, when you place pieces on the board, each player can claim it with their colored token, but that can change hands during the game. You don't score, though, until pieces are surrounded. And one of the, which is the kind of the Go aspect of it, um, and one of the really great things about the game, at least that I think, is that on your turn, when you score, you may also score for the other player. Mm-hmm. And that creates a strategic situation that um, a lot of folks who've been playing the game find very interesting. Perfect, perfect. Okay, well, I, um, ta- I pretty much got everything that I wanted to talk to you guys about. I just thought I would bring up a couple, uh, two more things. Uh, first, where do you, is kind of a weird random question that I've used used in the last <laughs> couple of uh, interviews, but where do you guys see Modest Games going, besides being successful i you know right now i'm just kind of enjoying it as a hobby i mean i would love we we do sell some games and i'm glad that we're doing that and uh we certainly we've gotten like works in the game work in the game industry through the games that we've created which is awesome yeah Mm -hmm. um but yeah for for now it's i mean and i i like we sell the postcard games on the website like you can go there and i i will ship off occasionally postcard games like you know, Spain and, and Scotland and Germany. Australia too? Right? Yeah. Well, I, no, I don't think Australia, but I, you know, uh, and it's like a nice little, I mean, I'm, I'm not making like, you know, money off of it, like <laughs> a lot of money, but it's just a nice little thing to be able to be like, oh, someone bought my game online. I'm going to mail them a couple copies of it, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think, you know, for now that's cool. I, I'm in, ultimately, I, I guess it would be great to have like a, a really awesome, you know, kick-ass board game with cool components that was well-designed. That mm-hmm. would be that would be awesome at some point, but I'm I'm enjoying the the way that the internet makes things kind of accessible to small businesses and that, and mm-hmm. small designers. It's that's it's neat. You can get our games online too. Like most of them, you can just download print and play versions. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was original. What we wanted to do with Modest Games is get on there. So you can download all the, even the postcard games and uh, and thieves are all print and play games. So yeah. And, the rules for Earth set are up there, but I never made a print-and-play version of it. Um, I guess I should have. I didn't. Um, <laughs> but uh, for me, one of the things that I've noticed is... well, I, I, I think about Modest Games as a, as a design group, mm-hmm. at least as much as a, something for, for selling. In fact, maybe it's probably more designing games yeah. rather than being a, a manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting about the game industry and I've had a whirlwind, we both had a whirlwind education in how the, the board game industry works. Um, but it turns out that if you're a game designer, you might make games for six different companies in two years um, because the, the, the actual manufacturers, they're looking for ideas. Obviously, like anything, they can only take so many of them. But um, so like the deal with Playford that I have, it allows me to you know uh, get Elios out and, and have the support of, um, of a company like that, but as far as modest games goes, I think I think we all kind of agree that it's a way to express our joy in the hobby and designing games, and hopefully 
show that we're serious mm-hmm. enough so that somebody sees one of our games and, and is interested in it, wants to buy it, wants to back a Kickstarter, uh, wants to hire us for something. They know that we're not kind of screwing around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, it's like a resume online almost. Yeah. You know? But, you know, more than that. Yeah. And, yeah. and if if it happened that someday it made sense for it to be more than that, I think we'd talk about it. But I think our goal mostly is to just coalesce all of our ideas and creativity into one place where people can sort of put a pin in and, and know where to look for us and know where to find what we're doing next. Yeah, we're just putting ourselves out there. Yeah. Yep, yep. And that's the way to go. And it sounds like from when you guys were talking about, you know, growing up doing games, it seems like, you know, there is always somebody older, somebody more seasoned that you were able to pull from and, you know, it kind of got you into the hobby. And it looks like that's what you guys are out to do. You know, you're here to introduce not only, you know, to different people of all ages and stuff like that, but you're just trying to get them into the hobby, trying to get them, you know, to love it as much as you do. And then, you know, hopefully to make it bigger than it is. Cause it's weird to think that even though the, the game hobby is pretty much as big as it's been for, you know, a very long time, it still seems very niche and very, I don't know. I, I hate to use the word underground, but you know, it still seems like it's not quite out there as much as it should be. So, you know, you guys are just putting uh, your your hands in and just, you know, going that way. So It is a close-knit community. You know, that is, mm-hmm. that's one of the cool things about it, too. Yeah. Because, I don't know, it's, it, like there's, you know, if someone rips off someone's game idea, there is, there, there's an un, unofficial, like, retribution for that, I think. You know, people mm-hmm. know about it and stuff like that. But, I, you know. I, just and I both have experience in the comedy world, and um, I would liken it to the way that stand-ups are protective of their jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's if you, it it's close knit enough that everybody knows what everybody's doing, and you have to you have to be ethical and you have to pay attention, and and that's certainly part of it. And then the other thing is, yeah, we're definitely trying to encourage other people. I mean, games like Settlers of Catan and, and Ticket to Ride are now appearing in stores like Target and so forth. So it's starting yeah. to get it's cresting mm-hmm. into more people knowing about about the hobby. But um, you know, there's six billion people, and you know, maybe it's ten million folks are really into into hobby games. Yeah, it goes in waves, though. It seems like like I remember Dungeons and Dragons was like in in you know regular stores. Sure. You know, like Sears. I got mine at yeah, Sears. Sears department stores. <laughs> Like there was a time when it's like, oh, role playing games are everywhere, and then it's like, and then it's like, what are role playing games? And then now it's like, oh, now there's a million role playing games, <laughs> totally. you know? And yeah, they're really, they're all really cool, and they're, they're, I don't know, creating all sorts of new ideas about you know narrative and and creating uh, collaborative stories. So. Yeah, yeah, that's great. All right. Well, I think I've talked your ears off, but actually, wait, <laughs> yes, it's, we've spoken wait, so much. Or did we wait, talk wait, wait. <laughs> All right. Well, before I let you guys go, why don't uh, why don't you guys tell uh, everybody how we how they can get your games, how they can get a hold of you if need be, that whole thing. Well, modestgames.com and the Twitter is the same. It's at modestgames. Yep, that's the main. Yeah. Perfect. Um, you also want to go over to playforgames.com for information about Ilios. It's not up there yet, but but the other games are up there. Okay. Um, and for me personally, my my personal game Twitter is at modestelliot. And I have at Overdroid, which is just kind of my general Twitter. Um, okay, uh, sometimes where, cat pictures. Where did you get that name from? Overdroid. Yeah. Um. Uh, well, I I start. Uh, there was a game competition, like a video game competition, uh, that um, 
was to, to, to re-update and do a 3D version of a retro game. Oh. And one of my favorite uh, video games on the Commodore 64 was Paradroid. Oh. And so <laughs> I made a version, like a 3D version called Overdroid. <laughs> nice. And then, and that was like in, or like, yeah, or 2000 or something. And so that's, that's where that came. So that's been, that's kind of my handle online. I, I think some other people use it now, but Overdroid, if I can get it, is always like if I sign up to a new service or something, I try to make that my, yeah, my screw story. those guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was the original yeah. Overdroid. You're, yeah, you're, the, you're, the, OG, you're the OG Overdroid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I appreciate you guys coming on and talking with us and, uh, um, it's exciting that you guys have got stuff going. You've got that, you know, you've got your postcards that are that have been on GameBox. Your um, Ilios that's coming out for Kickstarter. Um, let us know when that uh, is finalized, and we'll promote the shit out of it because we're excited to see that too. So, cool. Thank you so much, Kurt. Yeah, no yeah. problem. Mm-hmm.